Chut Chut, and welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm your host, Drew Gretsch, and today got some Star Wars news to talk about, uh, but mostly, mostly, I am going to be reviewing Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 16, Kamina Lost, the season finale was released on Disney Plus on August 13th, 2021, and has a runtime of 28 minutes. The episode was directed by Saul Ruiz and was written by Jennifer Corbett. The Bad Batch find themselves in unexpected territory in this thrilling finale, part two of two. So, before we get into this spoiler-filled discussion of the Bad Batch, not only episode 16, but the season as as a whole. Um, we, we, we have some news. We have some news to discuss. So, um, biggest news this week. The Hollywood Reporter is, which is very, um... Yeah, that that is something that's very, it's very reliable there. Um. So they are reporting that Disney has, or that Disney has begun developing, or sorry, uh, sorry, just looking for the uh, the article. All right. So they're reporting Ahsoka Tano, the fan-favorite Jedi, appeared in animation in 2008 before Rosario Dawson made the jump to live-action in The Mandalorian Season 2. Now Dawson is leading a live-action Ahsoka spinoff for Lucasfilm. With sources saying Lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite Dawson as Mandalorian warrior Sabine Wren. So we do know now that now remember, this is not official. This is not official. But it, it looks like Sabine is going to be in this series. I don't think there was any doubt about that whatsoever. Spoiler alert for the uh, series finale of Star Wars Rebels. Um, but, you know, at the end of that final episode, um, Sabine went off with Ahsoka the White to go find Ezra. So, I mean, you know, I it, it does seem like... Well, we do know that this Ahsoka series is the Rebels sequel. That Filoni was developing it for animation. And then John Favreau convinced him, like, no, do this in live action. Let's, let's do it in live action. We can have it tie in with The Mandalorian much more. And and I I really love that. I really, really love that. So, yeah, I I, I mean... I th- I'd really love to have T.S. Sirkar come back, uh, who uh, played Sabine in the Rebels animated series. I'd love to have her come back. She, I mean, she looks the part. I mean, obviously she's been playing this role for four, or, well, she played this role for four years. Um... She has done some live action things. So, you know, I would not be surprised if they did want to have her be in the series. 
Uh, she did actually make a statement today. She tweeted out, uh, you guys are honestly the best. Just wanted to pop on here to tell you I've seen all of your sweet tweets and memes and hashtags and calls for petitions. And man, y'all know, y- y'all really know how to make a girl feel loved. Thanks, friends. Love you right back. Three purple heart emojis. So I have just retweeted this. Uh, and you you can now find this here on um we get if you can follow me on twitter at tuscan radio pod uh but i mean you can also just check her uh own personal twitter but yeah it's it's on there now for you guys to find um yeah so there's that sabine is going to be in ahsoka no surprise there whatsoever what else is there to talk about uh there is Well, it it looks like Indira Varma has so she has she was cast in Obi Wan Kenobi, and on her Instagram, she posted the cast that it's just the same cast image that we saw at the end of March, um, and she, she uh, the the caption on it is being a part of this amazing beast. Hashtag Obi Wan Kenobi has been a trip. Fabulous cast of lovely people, brilliant director Deborah Chow, and the loveliest crew of creatives. I cannot wait to see the result of everyone's incredible work and talent on the screen. Thank you. May the force be with you. So it looks like she's wrapped. Looks like she has wrapped filming for uh, the series. I'm not entirely sure if the full show has wrapped. I mean, it's it's only six episodes. It's, It's only six episodes, and they've been shooting now about four months. About four months, uh, they was about, I want to say like five or six months for each season of The Mandalorian. It was, it was a good, uh, it was about, and it was also like seven months for The Book of Boba Fett. And this is, and this is just six episodes. Now granted, they're probably longer episodes. Like I'd, I'd assume that each episode is roughly one hour long, so... You know, and, and and this is the big show. This is the big one. Like Kenobi's the big one. Like we're all excited about the Mandalorian season three and Andor and Boba Fett and Acolyte and Ahsoka and Lando and Rangers. If Rangers is still happening, but Kenobi's the big one. Kenobi's the big one. Like this is, you know, like growing up in this prequel generation. Uh, just I was born at the end of the prequel generation. But, you know, this is my sequels. Like, having you, like, Ewan and Hayden coming back for this series, for me, is, is like, you know, my father having ha- Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford back in the sequel films. So, I could not be more excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm assuming that we that this show is coming out in May. I I would assume that this is in May. Like we're getting Boba Fett December. It's gonna run if it starts the first week. If it starts like Wednesday December first, it will go until the end of January I think or like mid January, and then we'll have Andor right after that, beginning of February to end of April. 
And then Kenobi for about six weeks from beginning of May to about mid-June or so. Or early June, mid-June. Uh, and then probably after that, my guess is season two of The Bad Batch. And we'll end the year with uh, season three of The Mandalorian. And then go into uh, Acolyte first, I think. And then they're going to do Ahsoka. And then Rangers. And then maybe season four of Mandalorian? Like, how great would that be if it like, 2023? Oh, and that's also a, a movie year. So that's Rogue Squadron at the end of December also. So, t- 2023, we got three shows in this quote-unquote Mandoverse. I would absolutely love that. I'd absolutely love that. So, yeah, that is... I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um... So this week, there. Oh, uh, so before we get to that, uh, Taika Waititi is doing some promotions right now uh, for the Suicide Squad and Free Guy. Um, he it looks like he is finished with Thor: Love and Thunder. We know that they wrapped about two months or so ago, uh, and they're in post production. So I wonder if he is maybe starting, like, seriously, like, developing his Star Wars movie now. Um, yeah, I, so I, I, I think we know this is the 2025 film. That, that is the, the main assumption, just because, though there are three Star Wars movies on the schedule, we got Rogue Squadron from Patty Jenkins in December 2023, and then we have um, two untitled films, one in December of 2025, another in December of 2027. The, the, I mean, the, the common belief is that Taika Waititi's movie is that December 2025 spot, and then um, Kevin Feige will take 2027. So, yeah, um... He says that... So, I mean, he did, of course, direct the season finale of The Mandalorian Season 1, uh, Chapter 8, Redemption. He voiced IG-11 in The Mandalorian Season 1. Um, he... And, and, you know, the, the other big Disney franchise, the MCU. D- director of Thor Ragnarok and then the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder. Uh plays the character of Korg in Ragnarok and Endgame. So, yeah, Taika's awesome. Love Taika. Uh, so, yeah, looks really like... Um, he says that Star Wars is next for him. Star Wars, is as soon as he, he's done with Thor... Um, it, it, it As soon as he's done with Thor, that's when he's really going to start maybe starting like pre-production for his movie because i don't know if we know when um rogue squadron's gonna shoot yet like just looking at sort of the past for star wars films i mean looking at um the rise of skywalker that movie came out december 2019 they started shooting in august 2018 um you know but the last jedi started shooting like, as soon as Force Awakens came out. 
like weeks after that movie came out is when they started sh- shooting the last Jedi. So I mean, I don't. I mean, I I don't think they're gonna start shooting this movie until twenty twenty four. You know, I think we got like two and a half years or so. So I mean, surprisingly, there are four months left of twenty twenty one, and then it's twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two is the, the that's the big year for Star Wars. Is is next year? That is the big year. Um. But yeah, uh, so Taika, I, I'm super excited to see what Taika brings to the table. Because Taika is so incredibly artistic. I love everything he's done. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what he does with Star Wars. So yesterday, Disney had their quarter three earnings call. Uh, Bob Chapek on the Star Wars side did confirm once again, that the Book of Boba Fett is coming out this December. In case there was any sort of confusion about, you know, we'll, may, may, maybe they'll delay it until Hawkeye's over, and then we'll always get, like, we'll get a Marvel show and then a Star Wars show, and the Marvel show and then a Star Wars show. No, 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 no. We're getting Marvel, like, live-action Marvel and Star Wars shows at the same time, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So that was really the only Star Wars news that came out of that was confirming that the book of Bo- that the book of Boba Fett is indeed this year. Uh, it was also announced that uh, Disney Plus Day will be November twelfth, Friday, November twelfth, twenty twenty one, the two year anniversary of the of the Disney Plus service. I would assume that maybe they'll do Disney Plus Day instead of Investor Day each year. That is just my guess, is that Disney Plus Day is going to be November 12th each each year. And then, yeah, so with this, same thing, you know, we, we talked about the D23 thing a couple weeks ago. This would be one week sooner. So again, I, I, I'm expecting we'll already have a release date and possibly a teaser for the book of Boba Fett. I think that'll be in the next month or month and a half. Um, but when this happens, that's when we, one will get the full trailer for the series. will be November 12th. We'll probably get a, a teaser and release date for Andor. May, maybe a first look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. May, maybe a release month because what I think we're getting with Star Wars this year at Disney Plus Investor at the Disney Plus Day is about the same of what we got from Marvel last year. So that was which had the full trailer for WandaVision. Um a teaser for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a release date for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Had a release month announced for Loki. Obviously, it did not make that May 2021 date, but it was released in early June. And there was a trailer for Loki as well. Uh, but it was more of just like a first look. And that's what, what I think we'll be getting with Obi-Wan Kenobi. It'll just be like, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, here's the trailer, it's coming in May. Or a first look, it's coming in May. And then, maybe something for Bad Batch Season 2. Maybe. 
Um, or maybe just some more details on Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, some more... Uh, some Maybe some first-look images or a behind-the-scenes featurette on The Mandalorian Season 3. With, like, maybe Fall 2021. Or Fall 2022 is when we'll get that. Um, more updates, some casting announcements for Ahsoka... Lando, like, some more details for Lando, some more, some casting stuff and plot details for the Acolyte. Hopefully, we'll get something for Rangers, like, just let us know that Rangers is happening. Um, and then, uh, maybe they'll, they'll announce one new show. I'd love to see, I, 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 I do have an idea for a spinoff, maybe, just, like, something that I'd like to see, maybe, um, a Bo-Katan and the Night Owls. I'd, I'd love to see a show about Bo-Katan. That'd be awesome. But, you know, it, it seems like maybe that that's what season three is going to be. I wonder, because I, I have a feeling that in season three, we're missing Din with the, um, the, the, w- w- with Bo-Katan and her crew, and they're going to be around some more Mandalorians to go and, and try and save Mandalore. You know, that, that, that's just what I think we're, we're going to be getting in in season three. So now I'm, I'm going to get into the, oh wait, oh, so here's some news that just dropped also about, about, um, Ahsoka. We don't have names, but it looks like, uh, they've narrowed it down to three front runners to play Ahsoka in, um, or not to play Ahsoka, to, to play Sabine in the Ahsoka series. Uh, the actresses, according to this, uh, person, uh, Jordan Mason, they are of Asian and, and or Southeast Asian her- heritage. Um, so, I mean, Tia Sirkar could be one of those actresses. I don't know. Again, I really hope that, like, she is, you know, brought in to bring this character to life in live action. So, I mean, if she's not, I mean, I think that Rosario Dawson did a fantastic job as Ahsoka. I think she did an absolutely fantastic job as Ahsoka Tano. I would have liked to have seen it be, um... It be uh, Ashley Eckstein, but then again, like I don't know how well it would have translated. You know, I, I think like what they did with in in Solo, what they did with Maul was have and but that was just like one scene. What they did was have Ray Park, who played him in the Phantom Menace, on set, and then they had Sam Witwer voiced him in the Clone Wars and Rebels, he did the voice of Maul in Solo. But that's just the one scene, as I said. So, I hope, you know, I'm assuming that Sabine is going to be in the show for much more than one scene. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Tia Sirkar does resemble Sabine much more than Ashley Eckstein resembled Ahsoka. I don't mean that just because, like, Alien, just, like, the face shape, 
the skin color, like, she's just, a, she's just, I feel, a natural choice to cast as Sabine Wren. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm gonna talk about What If for a second, the first episode of What If. No, no spoilers, but, like, you know, sometimes the, 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 these actors for animation don't always translate well to live action. And vice versa, I don't, and this is an unpopular opinion, I don't feel like Sebastian Stan did the best job voicing Bucky in this first episode of What If? You know? And I thought Josh Keaton, who who voiced the skinny Steve Rogers, I thought he did a great job. So, you know, it, it really does vary sometimes. Um, breaking news, actually. Um... Some breaking news here from the Hollywood Reporter. Again, I gotta scroll down to it because how they do their exclusive news breaking is very difficult to get to. Um, all right. So, was talk. So it's talking about how Rupert Friend and Jason Schwartzman have joined the next Wes Anderson movie, and at the end of the article, it said. Um, so, friend, this uh, he recently wrapped shooting a role in Lucasfilm's Star Wars series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, we do know that now that two actors have wrapped, looks like shooting is almost done for this show. So, Kenobi filming is almost done, and or filming it, I mean, they could have wrapped, we don't know. But, like, and or, man, like, that, they've been shooting that for... Nine months now. This is how long they've been shooting Andor. But that's, you know, 12 episodes. It's 12 episodes in Andor. So, we don't really know, you know. And we also don't know how long the episodes are. So, I am just so, so excited to, like, see how these, like, the the, the production of these shows just changes by what they're doing. Like, Andor, I'm sure that they've shot in the volume for Andor. I'm sure that they've shot in the volume for Andor. But we've been seeing a ton of set photos. We've been seeing so many set photos for Andor. Like, they're shooting a ton in, in the UK. ton in, in the UK for Andor. And I really love that, because I, I love that, that episode of Mandalorian. Chapter 14, the tragedy, where, like, they... We're shooting on location, and I love the volume, but I feel like the volume is like, I mean, they, it can, it, it makes production so, so much cheaper, they can produce the, these shows so much faster while retaining, and if not, and maybe also maybe even improving the quality of these shows with a tighter uh, release schedule, even though, you know, seven months for Boba Fett. Seven months for Boba Fett, and you know they're also building. Or if I don't know if they've completed construction, but they were building um, three new volumes. Uh, one in um another one in California. So there are two in California. There's one in Atlanta. Uh, no, I don't think there's, that there's one in in Atlanta yet. But there's two in California. There's one in London. And there's one in Australia. So yeah, uh, I am just super excited for like 
how much these shows are going to, like, just feel like Star Wars, whether they're shooting on location or in the volume. They're, it's bo- they're both great. They're both going to be great. And when I say that, I mean, like, the two different filming styles. So, all right. Uh, let's just check this one more time. If any more breaking news, there is not. Okay. Moving on now to the Bad Batch finale. Full spoilers ahead for the entire first season, the complete series so far of Star Wars The Bad Batch, uh, before season two premieres next year, which I, I got some theories for. I got some theories for Bad Batch season two. So we'll get to those, you know, at, at the very end of, of, of the show. So, I really enjoyed this. Really, really enjoyed this as an episode. I thought this was a great episode. I did not think this was a great finale. I feel like what they did was they fully produced the season. They did, I have a feeling that they then did two alternate finales. They did a finale where it's like, all right, we're canceled or like, we're just a mini series. There's just this one season of the show. And that's when we, we have not seen, we have, we have not seen that finale. And there's this finale, which is like, we've been picked up for season two. We were going to get to continue the story. I really felt like, just watching this episode, like, I'm like, why do we need to wait a week for this? And I mean, like, I want to see it sooner, because, like, I love the weekly thing. I love the weekly thing. I think that had these two episodes been released on the same day, that would have made this finale just feel, like, just flow better. I, I feel like it would have made it flow better. You know, and like now that it's all out and people are going to be binging it now, I wonder if that's going to matter as much because they'll, they'll be experiencing it for the first time all as one. But just to me, I don't feel like this needed to be one week apart. You know, I don't think that there's anybody really right now who is keeping Disney Plus exclusively for Bad Batch. You know? I think that maybe, you know, Bad Batch is one. You know, I I keep it because I have these podcasts. If I didn't, though, I'd be keeping it for What If right now. Um, But yeah, I, I just don't really feel like they needed to split these episodes up. I don't, I don't think they, that that was something that they needed to do. Uh, but that being said, I really enjoyed this season finale. I, I really enjoyed, or I should say, I really enjoyed this episode. This 16th episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, it And it also just didn't feel like a finale. You know, it felt kind of anticlimactic. I mean, of course, like, there's the whole climax of having Camino be destroyed. Like, Camino's destroyed now, and it... It was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. But it's just like, why is there 
it, it just didn't... I don't feel like any of the personal conflicts were resolved in this episode. Um, I fully expected Crosshair to rejoin the team at the end of the season. I fully expected that. I think that season two we're going to have sort of what we saw with Tam uh, in season two of Resistance, which I think was one of those Resistance's... I thought that was the best storyline that Resistance had was the parallels between Kaz with the Resistance. Well, they're not the official Resistance, but like the Colossus was sort of that. It was definitely resisting the First Order, but it was not a part of the official Resistance. Uh, but yeah, that and then that paralleled with Tam with the First Order. So if you... The, the one episode that I recommend that you guys watch of Resistance that really shows this is Season 2, Episode 3, Live Fire. That was a great episode of Resistance. So Star Wars Resistance, Season 2, Episode 3, Live Fire. I actually did not a podcast episode back in December. Just like, here are the best episodes of the three animated shows. Because, of course, Bad Batch wasn't out yet. And, like, Resistance was always a show that was best when they had the First Order there. So, like, whenever the First Order was involved... That was, like, really when Resistance got good. And that's, you know, season two, the First Order is involved in almost every episode. So season two, I thought, was, like, especially the back half of season two. Like, episodes 11 onward. Like, I feel like Resistance finally got its, um, like, it finally hit its stride halfway through season two. And, I mean, it wasn't canceled. They had always planned on only doing two seasons. It wasn't canceled. Like, it was very much written to be a season, a series finale. But, you know, I I would like to see a season three of Resistance. Would it get the same numbers as Bad Batch or Clone Wars? No. It, 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 it would not. But I'd love to see Resistance season three. You, 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 even if it's just 10 episodes and that's it. I want to see... Well, I mean, my my pitch for Resistance Seasons 3 and 4, because most of Disney shows have four seasons, was... Or, I should say, Disney Channel, Disney XD shows have usually have about four seasons. And... Season 3... So, Season 1 is, like, the six months leading up to The Force Awakens... And, and therefore also The Last Jedi. Season 2 covers the next six months or so. Between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalkers, it's a year between those two movies. I think it would be great if, like, season 3 sort of, you know, did those last six months. And then season 4, we start to see what the galaxy looks like after. What does the galaxy look like after... Uh, the destruction of the Final Order. You know, like, are there still battles happening? That was very ambiguous at the end of the film. Where, I mean, we know that, like, not the entire Empire was there at at Endor, but a good amount of them were. We don't, we don't know what 
happen with the rest of the First Order? I want to know. I really want to know. I want them to do, like, some canonical stories after uh, Episode 9. I, I don't want them just to just ignore the sequel films. I don't want them to just ignore the sequel films. And I and I, I know it's a, that's unpopular, but I don't want them to do that. So, okay, enough of my resistance tangent. Uh, so, Bad Batch finale. I don't have that many notes on this finale. I have got like 20 notes. And I've already touched on a couple of them, and two of them were like just technical things about the episode. So, um, this, okay, so the, the trooper at the beginning, that one clone slash stormtrooper, why does he have his clone armor? Why does he have the clone armor? Because we've seen that the stormtroopers at this point have that phase one stormtrooper tech. Why, and like even in last week's episode, like why is we saw the uh, the stormtroopers there had the stormtrooper armor? They were not still clones, I don't think. So why is it just this clone? I feel like it's sort of the same reason why like Hauser was able to keep his colors and his haircut, and he still act like a clone. Same with Gregor. Um. But hearing that trooper's voice break as he, he as he saw his home destroyed was devastating. It was devastating. I don't know if if I brought this up last week, but it was a clone trooper. It was a CT trooper who actually was the one that like fired those shots at Camino. That was a that was a clone. Man, that that was this show, these last two, three episodes, this really got me. Like, it was like we've been exploring this prequel era for about 20 years now. Over 20 years. <laughs> and just seeing it just come crashing down. Just seeing Camino come crashing down. <sighs> And, and I don't know, like, I still think of this show as just Clone Wars Season 8. To me, the show is still just Clone Wars Season 8. Um, I, I wonder if, like, Season 2 is going to feel like Clone Wars Season 9. Hope it doesn't. I mean, like, I've really got to get that in my head. Like, this show is not the Clone Wars. <laughs> I think that, and I'm going to say this right now. Comparing this show, just the first season of The Bad Batch, to those first seasons of The Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, I can say that, like, to this point, The Bad Batch is the best the animated shows. Comparing, or, like, season one-wise, The Bad Batch is is, is the best. I, I'd honestly go so far as to say that Clone Wars is probably the worst, because, you know, Resistance Season 1 is definitely the weaker of the two seasons, but uh, 
just the way that like it tied in with the Force Awakens. I really loved that. I really loved how Resistance season one tied in with Force Awakens in a great way. I love the continuity. So Resistance season one to me is like my number. This is my number three ranking. So like my so it's uh, Bad Batch season one, Rebel season one, Resistance season one, Clone Wars season one, for me. And and I still love the first season of the Clone Wars. So. Yeah. Um. We got the clone trooper theme. The like as they're running through the um the hall in the first couple minutes. Uh and everything's burning and crashing. We just hear which man, that really got me. That really got me as someone who studies the sounds of Star Wars that really got me. It it really did. Uh, and this episode just felt a lot like the serials, the those the the Saturday morning serials that inspired George both Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Uh, where it's just like, here's a situation they're in. They're on Camino. The Empire's above them. The Empire destroys the base. Base is crashing. They're now underwater. Um, they're running out of air. They don't have food. AZ's power is about to uh, run out. And here's a giant sea monster. <laughs> like, these just insane situations. So, like, I mean, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that this really felt like an episode of more like Luke Hazen Star Wars. You know, I also really felt that was season one of The Mandalorian and season one of Bad Batch. Just these episodic weekly adventures that Filoni just really knows what to do with that. And I think it's really, really great. I think it's amazing. There's always a bigger fish. I love, like, their plan to get to the surface also. Uh, just getting in those, like, pods. It reminded me a lot of um, Finding Nemo, which is something I've, I've seen on Twitter a lot today, just the Finding ne- Nemo stuff. I didn't feel like there were any real stakes there with Omega in danger. I, I did not think, and I don't think that there was ever the slightest possibility of her dying in the series. I don't think that's going to happen. We, we look at Clone Wars. We look at Rebels. Uh, we, we look at Resistance like Ahsoka doesn't die. Ezra doesn't die. Kaz doesn't die. So, I don't think that Omega is going to be dying at all in the series. And, you know, Man- the Mandalorian, Grogu d- d- doesn't die yet. Though we don't know what happens with Ben Solo at the Temple. No, we do know, but we just don't know if Grogu's there or not. Um, The cinematography in this whole underwater sequence is absolutely beautiful. I loved that so, so much. So much. But I I did think that AZ was dead. I did think that AZ was dead. Um... Just because, like, he's been there for Clone Wars. I mean, he's 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 only been about eight, nine pieces. He, he's been, like, eight, nine episodes of 
Star Wars animation, but I thought he was going to die. And it looks like he's joining the team for season two. I I love that a, a lot. I love it a lot that he's going to be there for season two. And, like, so they get to the platform now. And, like, it was, it was Crosshair that saved Omega. It was Crosshair that saved Omega. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so, so much. It was Crosshair that did it. He, he made the sacrifice play. Well, not really sacrifice play. Um, like, Omega did make the sacrifice play. When he was uh, trapped un- under the beam. And uh, the room was was filling up with water. Like, she made the sacrifice play there. Where, um, you know, cro- cro- Crosser just, like, shot the grapple thing. And it was fine. Um, so they get to the platform, and it was, it was so strange and jarring to see no rain on Camino. It's always raining on Camino, and we did not see any rain there in this episode. Well we, well, we did, but, like, not at the end. There was no rain. When, uh, or af- after the destruction of Topoka City. So, yeah. Um, um, so, Crosshair stays with the Empire. Stays with the Empire. I wonder, if, like, if they're just gonna kill him off at the beginning of Season 2. So I don't know why Rampart still wants him there. Like, I, I really don't like it. Honestly, Crosshair's decision at the end of the season just didn't make sense to me. It just did not make sense to me. Like, the Empire does not care about him. I think that he can start... He's starting to see that now. Where the Bad Batch, they do care about him. They do care about him. So... Yeah, uh, that's just something that I do hope is resolved by the end of season two at at the latest. So now we jump to the last scene of the of the season, and Nala say is on some beautiful planet where these the there 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 these forest covered mountains. There is a there's like an imperial base in there and they land and then a an imperial officer comes out she she's got the cloning patch on she got the cloner patch so you know like we we've seen this trend with star wars te- television where like season 1 for the most part's pretty standalone and then season 2 was really where we get these like deeper universe connections so I wonder if like, we're going to start to see the origins of Snoke or what Palpatine's do- doing on Exegol in The Bad Batch Season 2. Like, we'll start to plant those seeds now and then we'll see them fully blossom like decades later in The Mandalorian Season 3, in Ahsoka, in Rangers of the New Republic, in Boba Fett. So, yeah, and you got to do these like this, like, flushing out of the sequels er, er, earlier in the timeline because there's just, like, not enough room within the timeline of the sequel trilogy to do that. So, that's just the predictions for season two that I can think of right now. 
of course, we got like about a year or so until it, it actually comes out. So I'm ready to grade this episode now. The story is an 8. The acting is a 10. The visual effects are a 10. The score is a 10. The cinematography and directing are both 10s. The, the writing's a 9. The comedy's a 0. There, there was no comedy in this episode. The heart is a 10. The rewatchability's a 9. So this episode gets an 8.6 out of 10. Um, I'm not going to grade the whole season. Just because it would be like somewhere in the 6, 7, 7.5 range. Um, but, you know, next week, next week, we just got out of the corners. We're going back to the beginning of it. Uh, next week is the start of our two-week coverage of Star Wars Clone Wars. Not The Clone Wars, but Clone Wars. The 2D animated series, which I've never seen before. I've never seen it. I was waiting to watch it, to do it on this podcast. So now is now is the time to do it. So we're going to be covering Volume 1 uh, next week. And then Volume 2 the week after. That, you know, and then we're going to be co- covering Droids and, and Ewoks. And then Force of Destiny. And then that's when we're finally going to get in, into covering the films. Like once we covered... All of Star Wars TV. We'll cover the films when there's like season gaps for the Disney Plus shows. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be it. Oh, wait, no, we have some sort of feedback. Okay. Uh, looking just through right now on Twitter. It was pretty short. It was pretty short. It was some pretty ne- negative feedback. Not for this podcast, but just for this episode. The Force Geeks said it needed more. That's it. Nothing else needs to be said. So, you know, that's that. Not the best piece of feedback we, we, we've ever gotten. Um, but, yeah. So, that's going to be it for... Bad Batch Season 1. It's going to be it for Bad Batch Season 1, guys. If you want to send in a, uh, an email to the podcast, tuskinradio at gmail.com uh, is the best way to do it. Follow us on Twitter at TuskinRadioPod. Leave a 5 star review on iTunes and we'll read it here on the show. And then check out the other podcast, another Marvel podcast, where I am reviewing What If each week, the all-new Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and we also did, we just covered the Suicide Squad last Friday. So you can go and check that out now. Um, yeah, so thank you guys so, so much for listening to my coverage of Season 1. We're going to be keeping this podcast going through these weeks until Visions, and then from Vision. Well, Visions is like one day. They're doing the whole thing in one day. And then uh, to the Book of Boba Fett in December. So yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Gretsch. Good soldiers follow orders.